Tonight is the 13th night of Shukla Paksha, according to the ancient Vedic lunar calendar. For those who worship Shiva, the most ancient name for the Supreme Being, this is the holiest night of the year. It's referred to as Maha Shivratri. the great night of Shiva. The worship of Shiva carried on secretly in the form of late-coming Shiva cults such as Judaism and Christianity. In Judaism, the holiday of Mahashivratri became known as Pesach or Passover. And of course, in Christianity, it has two forms. One is the Last Supper and the Crucifixion. But the most true rendition of Mahashivratri is represented in the Book of Revelations as the Apocalypse. Shiva is the ultimate paradox, which is fitting for the Supreme Being. Okay. On the one hand, he's worshipped as with names such as Shambo, the bringer of happiness, the igniter of joy. Shiva is the auspicious one, bringer of blessings, one who is all good, benevolent. But on the other hand, Shiva is the destroyer. But Shiva's destruction itself is benevolent. It's the destruction of the world that has become evil and its rebirth, its transformation into a world that is turned into a place that is all good, a new Garden of Eden, which in Sanskrit is referred to as Sat Yuga, the age of truth, the age of real beingness supreme beingness in which everyone is an avatar everyone is a divine being a god or goddess who has become one with God in their mind and their heart but before that world can come the souls of the world must pass through a great test and that great test the long dark night of Shiva is this final period of Kali Yuga that culminates in world destruction. And so in the Passover holiday you have the angel of death who passes over and decimates the people of Egypt, their firstborn sons, and only those who have put the blood of the ram, which becomes the blood of the lamb in Christianity, on their lintels, their doorways, are saved. But what does this mean? It's the sacrifice of the ego. And the achievement of union with God in one's own heart. Apocalypse means revelation. The uncovering of the truth of reality. And the settling of accounts. Karma. And the elimination of evil. 
And the ego represents the epitome of evil because it is the rejection of God in one's consciousness. It's the desire for separation from God and for a will that is independent from the will of God. So all prayers are about thy will be done. Christ liveth in me, not I any longer. That's the Christian conversion. This is what it's about for everyone. And every religion, whether it's Islam or Buddhism or any other form of Hinduism or Eastern religion, Taoism, etc., they all have an equivalent of this same understanding that the world becomes degraded, it loses its purity, it loses its capacity to follow the will of heaven, it falls into sin, error, ignorance, and must be destroyed so that there can be a renewal of joy in the world. There's very good reason to believe that this Mahashivratri is actually the real one. We're very close to the end that was prophesied in all of these religions. Anyone who can't see it coming by this time is willfully in denial. But we are heading up to that climactic moment. The night of Shiva is the night of time in which the ego has become dominant and the love of God has been lost in the world. People have turned to the love of material things, the love of lower chakra enjoyments, the love of their bodies, the love of their egos itself, their narcissism, the love of very limited loyalties to biological family or tribe or nation rather than to God and love that is universal and unconditional. And people have betrayed the covenant with the Lord in order to follow ways of darkness and sin. In different religions, the final coming is said to be by, uh, or, or brought about by, or ushered in by a different kind of being, whether it's a messiah, or the twelfth imam, or Kalki, or Maitreya, the last Buddha of the age. Every religion has its own equivalent, but they all refer to the same fact that there must be a remnant of beings who repent, who realize their mistakes, and who in the final moment are willing to let go of the ego and become worthy of the kingdom of heaven. And a small number, with their total dedication to achieving union with God and bringing that pure love back into the world, can be the instruments for its salvation. It's not a matter of numbers, but it's a matter of purity of heart. And these are the teachings of every religion. Clearly this Sangha is endeavoring to be one of those groups in which this potential of our penitence and our conversion in the truest sense, not simply as a religious belief, 
or a doctrine or a talking point, but the capacity to live a true life free of sin and ignorance, free of ego, is the aim and object of Satyoga, which is in alignment with the commandments of every religion. And you don't need to change or convert out of whatever religion you may believe in. You simply have to fulfill its commandments and you are a Satyogi. This is not a religion. This is simply a gathering of those who wish to achieve their purification of heart and the release from the bondage, the chains of sin which come in the form of anxiety and depression and fear and uh, physical symptoms of suffering, guilt and all the other complexes and pathologies that are far too long a list to enumerate. But we all know what they are and we all know what we suffer from and what limits us from being truly one with God and in bliss and filled with love and radiance and clarity and power and peace, etc. All the gifts that God consciousness brings us. This is the night in which we are to throw into Shiva's fire. Shiva is also Agni, the god of fire. All of those sins, evil tendencies, vices, flaws of character, weaknesses, rejection of God, rejection of love, to be done with it once and for all. And so it's an important holiday in which we remember that this is the aim and object of our lives that cannot achieve fulfillment or self-realization without having achieved first the purification of the heart. The two go together in the same way that there must be destruction of evil in order for there to be the rebirth of the goodness and beauty that God is capable of providing us. But we can't pray to God to save us without having saved ourselves from our own tendency to reject the values and the level of consciousness that God signifies. But the ego wants it both ways. It wants to remain in sin and still have God save it. That won't happen. That's the bad news. The good news is, if you're willing to throw it into the fire, then salvation is assured. It's assured because behind all of that sin and all of that ignorance, you are Shiva. So grace is already within you, waiting to come out, but you must choose it but there is no power stopping you from choosing it except your own antagonism to your own freedom, your antagonism to love, your antagonism and fear of letting go of the limited treasures, pleasures of life for the unlimited and infinite bliss that is God.
And so this is why in Egypt it shows the souls are weighed in a scale at the end of time. And if the soul is lighter than a feather, it goes to God. And if it's heavier, it goes to the crocodile demon to be eaten. Now Shiva's a little better than that. He doesn't send crocodiles. And in fact, um, Shiva teaches that all will be saved, but in a different way. Those who don't repent, don't become pure before the end happens, uh, will be saved in a different way. And uh, the way... Oh, excuse me, the way... The way was actually represented by a, a beautiful form of schnapps called Danziger Goldwasser. Has anybody ever drunk Danziger Goldwasser? You have. Of course you have. Danzig doesn't even exist anymore. It's Gdansk now in Poland, but it used to be a free state before World War I, part of the German cultural area. But anyway, it's a very strong liquor with actual gold flakes in it. But the teachings in one of the Shiva Puranas is that those who are not able to be saved, even though they will die in nuclear holocaust, their souls will go up like little gold flakes. And Shiva will catch them and put them in a decanter of the Amrita, the nectar of immortality, and they'll be preserved there until the next uh, cycle begins. And then they'll be poured out as their karma necessitates and allows into the next world and return to life. So no one loses uh, their eternity of life, but they may miss out on certain periods of time in which uh, the party is at its height. (laughs) So, uh, but everyone gets what they want. The point for us, I think, is that we are living in a time in which there's very little margin of normality, in which we'll even be able to have such gatherings here, at least not in Eskasu, and uh, probably all over the world. You see that in many areas already, the world has become a war zone, or a desert, or uh, a place of famine, or such other kinds of uh, plagues that life does not go on as normal and in those places it's very difficult to meditate and to reach God consciousness because you're in a survival mode. Uh, So while we have the luxury of being able to have an evening to sit and meditate in comfort without worrying where our next glass of water might come from our next meal Uh, this is the opportunity to count our blessings and to invoke God to come and fill us with the power that will liberate us from the gravity and the muck of the ego's enmeshment in desire and fear and body consciousness and free us to realize our infinite nature of pure love and light. And so it is said that on this night in Mahashivratri, if you ask Shiva for that gift of liberation, you'll get it. 
because Shiva is, is also called Bolanath or Bole Baba often, which means the God who's just easy, he'll give in to anything you ask for. There are even stories of, uh, there's one famous one of a hunter who's, who has to escape from a lion or tiger or something and climbs a tree and has to spend the night there and his canteen is leaking water, and he doesn't know it, but there's a Shiva lingam below. And accidentally, without even meaning to, he's worshiping Shiva, because that's how you worship Shiva. So, uh, and so whatever he wants at night, Shiva gives him. He doesn't even know. He wasn't even intending to pray, but it, it, Shiva said, oh, okay, somebody's worshiping my Shiva lingam, I'll, I'll give him what he wants. So uh, God's very easy to get along with if you want to be saved. You don't have to really do anything, except remember your true nature. Remember who you are. Remember what you want. And the more there is remembrance, each thought of remembrance of God is like the drop of water that's dropping on the Shiva Lingam. That's really all it signifies. Every thought is like a drop. And with each thought that you offer to God, especially if it's filled with love, your own power, your own true self is strengthened and the ego is weakened and dissolves. And so this teaching of Mahashivaratri is God's promise that although there will be destruction, it is a blessing, you needn't fear, and it will be followed by the ultimate cleansing of the earth so that life can continue at an even higher level of beauty and joy and empowerment and intelligence and peace on earth. But if we do not achieve peace in our own hearts now and help to bring it about, then we may not be there to appreciate it and enjoy the fruits of those efforts of transformation. And that's a question of the choice each of us makes in our own heart. And each of us is called to ask ourselves, what do I really want? Do I want to have lived this life without achieving the realization of God as myself? Do I want something less than that? Or do I want that? If you want that, it's actually very easy. The problem comes when you want that, but you also want something that's in conflict with that. And then you end up usually not getting either one. So when you're clear on what you want, the power to achieve it is given. And meditation is basically simply the invocation of that power within you that is yourself, not another, to reclaim and gain victory over the maya, the diffuse fragments of ego consciousness that want something else other than truth, other than real empowerment, other than love, uh, and the complete dissolving of those fragments of aggression and of consciousness that is not in truth 
through the power of the energy itself of the presence of true being. So let's meditate now and realize our true nature and make our Mahashivratri a reality in which on this night Shiva comes to us and becomes one with us. Mm-hmm.